All right. I want to get started a little earlier today. Um, by a little earlier, I mean a couple minutes earlier. Um, I woke up this morning and there was some kind of like breaking news. Um, there was some breaking news in kind of the Hedera ecosystem on a few different fronts. Um, I saw some stuff being shared by Hedera in regards to a new use case from EDF and then also some more information regarding COP28 and kind of where Hedera and the foundation and a few other players like Envision Blockchain are going to come into the fold. And then really just like um, as the week kicked off, there was quite a bit of interesting dialogue um, in the community, kind of similar to what um, you know, we've been seeing the different types of conversations back and forth from um, people that, you know, you you go, are they, you know, is this misinformation? Is this malinformation? Is this FUD? Is this trolling or whatever it is? Um, it's this kind of new kind of strange um, dynamic that's been brought to the forefront as Hedera and HBAR um, starts to get more traction and attention. Um, we're starting to get people interested, but, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of outdated information. There's a lot of bad takes out there. You know, I have a feel, what's, the, who is that guy? The coin bureau or whatever. It's similar to that. It's like that there, there's a YouTube video that was published. Um, literally I think now years ago that again you know had a bunch of bad takes and outdated information ruffled feathers all that kind of stuff I think we're gonna just be seeing more of that as we as we go and it goes back to that kind of substance versus hype dynamic um, that we talk about and the fact that you know there's an upside and downside to each of those sides substance and hype you know kind of two double-edged swords in a way, one for each hand. I'm just uh, looking at the trending topics on X right now too, and I see hashtag HBAR NFTs is trending. Um, I do I, again. I I do understand that these are tailored to me, so it's not as though the whole world is seeing HBAR NFTs trending. But X is letting me know. Thank you, X. Um, yeah, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Um, lots of odds and sods, but then we got our 10 main stories. We're going to talk about this kind of breaking news about the EDF, uh, use case, uh, running on Hedera for the renewable energy credits. It's a, it's a point of, it's a proof of concept. We've been seeing a lot of proof of concepts recently and they're important. Uh, we're going to talk about the COP28 stuff. We're going to talk about Nomini Rubin's trip to Capitol Hill in Washington, um, you know, like trying to communicate that, you know, crypto isn't maybe as scary as, you know, it's made out to be. Um, and as, you know, many folks know, Delmini Rubin is the head of global policy at Hedera. We're going to talk about um, the branding of HCS, the Hedera Consensus Service. There was a, a lot of great conversation around that um, that I've been having with uh, people in the Hedera community. Um, 
What's going on in the UK? I I had a bunch of stories planned to talk about some some arguably bullish takes from a government purview and policy purview in the UK. Um, but then this morning was hit with something that's the exact opposite. So we got a bit of a hot and cold story. Um, there's a new online payments platform integrated with Wix and Hedera, which is interesting. Wix being the major website hosting platform that a lot of people love and hate or love to hate uh, or hate to love. Uh, Circle and Hedera breadcrumbs, uh, Hyundai and LG are teaming up on a use case and uh, some some movement and uh, drama and excitement and a story of overcoming challenges regarding Saucer Swap version two. It's a big day. Um, I don't have any one stopping by for the show today. So I think it'll be a nice streamlined show. I like having people stop by, but sometimes if I don't have anyone stop, well, I mean, I, you know, someone might pop in and I might have them call in, but, um, you know, sometimes it's nice when I don't have anyone stopping by for the show, I can kind of just, you know, ramble on and, and get through the news, which is nice. Um, although on that note, I do have, um, David from Takeon. Uh, on the show, we're doing an episode on Friday at uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to have David on. He's the uh, founder of Takeon. For folks unfamiliar, it's this, um, it's kind of like Dropbox and it uses Hedera and it's been stress tested by the U.S. Air Force and they have funding by the Department of Defense. Um, I actually had a really great conversation with David in L.A., recently at the hello future live thing we chatted about it's funny we chatted about music mostly um but his platform is very interesting he's been in the ecosystem since i think 2018 he was a saft investor so that'll be a fascinating episode so stick around for that i'll be announcing that uh, later today but um yeah this should be it's, it's just me today guys it's just me uh with that hello from ottawa canada everyone my name is brandon davenport aka it's brandon d it is Wednesday, November 29th, and you're listening to episode 102. Wow, it's really weird to say episodes in the hundreds. Crazy. 31 billion. This is a weekly news show where we cover the top 10 stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. You can listen live on X Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms to hear past episodes. Um, and like I said, we're doing an interview episode. I'm doing, I got some other interviews planned as well to end out the year, which will be fun. So stay tuned for those. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash HBAR. Um, and for everyone listening live on X now, check out the post pinned to the top for a list of our stories we're going to talk about and also take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. And if you've got some interesting news people should know about, click the comment button on the bottom right. Let me know about it. I'll make sure to mention it. Uh, but yeah, take a moment now, share the spaces, hashtag HBAR, you know, hashtag uh, whatever you want. I mean, HBAR NFTs is trending. I don't know. Do your thing. Let's get some folks in here. Um, so let's dive into it here real quick. Um, obviously, title of the show, 31 billion transactions. I'm going to quickly go to um, 
there's a great um, chat GPT um, plugin for Hedera um, that, that kind of communicates with the network, communicates with the main net. And I'm going to ask it, um, what is the current TPS? And we'll see what it does. But I'm interested to know that right now. Um, so it says that the current TPS is about 2,228. Um, and I'll ask how many transactions have been done today so far? Dot's um, asking me for the time zone. I don't have the brain power for this. Anyways, the Hedera Chat GPT plugin is 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 great. Um, you know, you know something. A lot of people have been posting online that GPT has kind of gotten a little slower, a little lazier. I think they're having trouble scaling. So, but anyways, Chat GPT bot works good. But yeah, we're we're approaching two and a half thousand transactions per second average. Um, and that's crazy to think about. That's realistically, that's like a billion transactions every two weeks, 2 billion transactions a month. Um, and you know, some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, it's, it's not too far fetched to say, you know, very soon we could be, you know, approaching 5,000 TPS or something like that. A, a general sentiment, you know, that I'm hearing and from a lot of the interviews from folks at the foundation and the association and Hedera and swirls and this and that, um, definitely lead me to believe that we're very close to seeing some exciting stuff, you know, and I know that we're overdue for a governing council member. Um, we're about to enter a really strange uh, threshold in this network where we have these, um, you know, currently these 29 governing council members that are term limited. And some of those governing council members terms are coming out to expire um, in the new year, December 31st, or I guess January 1st. So I would place my, if I had to place my bets on at least one Hedera governing council member uh, that is currently on the council, not renewing their, um, their term, I'd have to say that's pretty likely. There's a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot. There's, there's, there's a small handful and I'll say maybe two or three governing council members that are both, you know, up for renewal, but also haven't really been attending meetings and we haven't really heard a lot of news about them. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, who renews. And the other question that raises is if a governing council member were to not renew their term and, you know, step down from the council, how are they going to continue running their node, right, without permissioned nodes available on the network? At this time, um, there I don't think there really is a way for one of these ex-governing council members to continue running their node for the network um, without permissioned nodes being added. So to me, you know, that's where my brain is from that purview is kind of like, um, you know, are we going to see permissioned nodes soon? Because it kind of, to me, feels like it's required if a governing council member is stepping down. So that's interesting. Um, a bit of a bummer. Uh, I got an email recently about uh, LedgerWorks Sentry. And for people not familiar with LedgerWorks Sentry, it's this awesome service where you get email alerts about activity on accounts, whether it's your account or another account. So for example, maybe you want to watch 
um, certain types of transactions on um, the the account 0.0.800 responsible for staking rewards or an NFT project. Or in my case, I have many accounts for my business, NFT projects, uh, the show, this and that. Um, it's one of the reasons why when I get a contribution to the show, right? When someone sends HBAR to the show, um, quick shout out. We, you know, I think we've got about 10,000 HBAR that has been sent to the show ever since I um, launched um, contributions months ago. And, um, you know, literally on the 100th episode, there was like thousands of HBAR and contributions to the show. So I'm so grateful to everybody. We're going to be doing some fun stuff with that. But, um, when I get those, it sends me an email and very often, or always in the memo of that transaction, people will leave like a really nice message for the show or something like that. And I'll share it to X and it's fun. So I get those, I use Ledgerwork Sentry for that. And I got an email from Ledgerwork Sentry that I have to renew my subscription. Turns out after talking in their discord, they're not going to be continuing that service. And I don't know of a comparable service. I know that Metrica offers a service, but it's only via an API. They don't do kind of the hookup to your email to get alerts via email. So it's a bummer. Um, I'm, I'm putting out a plea now live on the show. Please, please, please let your works. Um, why? I, I guess maybe it's the, the, you know, the business model isn't, um, you know, doesn't make sense right now. Maybe there's not as much of a user base, but I know so many people that use that service a lot. I use it for, for myself and it's just a huge bummer. It's, it's a pain in the butt to manually go and look at your account activity to see what's happened. It's so great to get those alerts. So anyways, um, I'm super bummed, bummer news. Um, and I'm looking for alternatives. I think that potentially saucer swap pro, or I guess sauce pro as they're calling it, um, may have a feature like this. I don't know. Um, but, uh, moving to saucer swap, just a quick update from them. They added an integration to dexscreener.com. So basically their saucer swap versions one and two have been integrated with Dex screener and they've established a dedicated Hedera category. So dexscreener.com slash Hedera. And it's basically a real time analytics platform to get value and, um, you know, insights on the decentralized exchange markets on Hedera, basically increasing the exposure of that information, making it more accessible to more people. And so that's going to be really useful, um, even for me, for the show and everything. I'm really excited about it. Um, jog it, uh, or yeah, what's it called? Jog it. It's called jog it, right? Uh, yeah, jog it. So this is a platform that's kind of like a no code platform. It allows you to kind of build apps and different things that integrate with Hedera. So very cool. Um, the foundation, the HBAR foundation announced that Jogit is also integrating generative AI features to make DAP development on Hedera faster. So most likely assisting with coding or generating, you know, AI generated, you know, things. Um, so that'll be great. Shout out to Jogit. Um, I really think that, you know, Rob Allen recently um, at, uh, Australian payments plus and community legend, um, said recently that, you know, he definitely recommends if someone's looking to get involved in the ecosystem, a great option is, you know, to, you know, you can for sure learn JavaScript or TypeScript or, or even maybe solidity. But if you're not a coder per se, and you want to start building on Hedera, I mean, there are great no code 
options to just start playing around and build stuff. So jog it, shout out. Um, there's a new football game coming to Hedera. Um, there was a podcast. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but it's on the Gossip About Gossip podcast on Hedera. Um, Michael Watford, founder and CEO of Galactic Co-Manager or Galactico Manager. It is a Web3 football manager experience with play to earn and own features. Obviously, football meaning soccer. Um, he did an episode with Zenobia, so I'm going to check that out a bit later, but just wanted to kind of put it on folks' radar. We're seeing a, quite a few kind of sport-type use cases, kind of like with Sphero World and Korra and, and Karate Combat and all these different types of things. So it's clear that the sports world is looking to Hedera for some interesting things. Um, uh, so Shion, uh, uh, who is also known as... Uh, What's the Twitter handle he has? Um, hold on. I can't remember his Twitter handle. It's like, everyone knows who I'm talking about. It's the guy, he's doing a uh, a spaces with, a, a conversation with SpaceX um, and the Hedera community soon. Uh, I have him in my DMs here. Uh, Tatsukiya Akamat. Um, it's 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 kind of a a name ripped from a, a kind of Web three legend kind of thing. It's a funny little meme type thing. But anyways, um, he uh, is you know making moves in the ecosystem. He's like out at events. He's like meeting people, taking selfies, doing partnerships. He's potentially helping certain companies move through the uh, governing council onboarding process. And he's you know well connected. And he shared a, a little you know quite actually quite a bit about himself and his expertise and this and that. And he recently wrote an article um, detailing how, you know, some some ways that Hedera could um, unlock billions for the space industry. Um, I've talked previously on the show about um, a, uh, a um, abstract from NASA that involves Hedera. That was back in, I think, 2021 or 2022. Uh, but anyways, uh, Cheyenne uh, is making moves. He's doing stuff. He wrote this cool article. I'm going to link it in the show notes so you can go and check it out after the episode. But um, it's on Medium and basically it just details a bunch of ways um, that Hedera could be used um, in space with SpaceX and this and that. I'm going to have him on the show, I think, next week. So that'll be a good conversation. But uh, he is doing a, a Spaces as well on the 6th, December 6th, um, with uh, someone from SpaceX as well, which will be interesting. So make sure to tune in from that. Um, let me see here. Uh, oh, so a little bit of a, a breadcrumb or rumor here. Um, Dovu put out a tweet recently, just kind of like, um, mentioning that they're excited to see their partner, um, MCM building their vehicle project in India. We've talked about this use case, um, quite a bit. Um, in the, uh, in the show, we talked quite a bit about Dovu, um, and we'll talk about this a little later in the show, but what was fascinating here is wise token responded to that tweet from Dovu and said, um, GM H bar, we are excited. So wise token is a cryptocurrency project on Ethereum focusing on DeFi and they're doing stuff like staking, lending, and borrowing. Uh, we are in desperate need in this ecosystem for lending and borrowing in DeFi. They're known for its use 
of uh, asset-backed and algorithmic stablecoins. Uh, okay. Aiming to offer stability and security in the digital currency market, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, Wise Token is like an interesting project that definitely has some decentralized financial products this ecosystem's hungry for. They're commenting on Dovu's post. Um, they're they're saying that they're excited about HBAR. Um, and so Matt Smithies from Dovu responded to that and said, hey, are you guys deploying on Hedera? Question mark. And Wise responded, we are interested. How can we chat? Um, they're holding over 100,000 HBAR. Um, so they're just really interested. And then Brady, the head of marketing for Hedera, responded and DM'd them. So Wise Token has some products we need. Uh, they're interested in Hedera. We're rocking a roll. And it's very interesting, very cool. Um, Drop also published, you know, folks unfamiliar with Drop. They're a wallet. They're focused on micropayments. They got the Fed Now integration. We've talked about them quite a bit, yada, yada, yada. They just published a new white paper regarding micropayments, revolutionizing the streaming media revenue model. And we've seen proof of concepts from them before in regards to, you know, um, yeah, you know, streaming certain types of media for a fraction of a cent per minute or renting a, you know, doing a single, instead of paying a monthly fee to Netflix, being able to watch a movie for five cents or something or whatever it may be. So it's these micropayments, streaming media type things. There's a white paper. It's very cool. If you're interested in that stuff and you're interested in drop, definitely go check it out. Um, and then there was this, I'm not, I have to look into this more. There's this use case from a company called Miotech, M-I-O-O Tech. The new standard for the luxury fashion industry to connect offline and online through one-to-one -one NFT collateralization of each product. They got these like little tags um and they're doing stuff they said that they're going to be doing some stuff on hedera so it's gonna be very interesting to see uh so keep that on your radar guys myotech i guess it's myotech m-i-o-o tech looks interesting kind of like twiddles talking a little bit about kind of the luxury market so um definitely some kind of like you know common stories happening here but I want to talk about the big, big, big news today. Big, big breaking story. Um, take a minute now. Share the spaces. We're getting into the juicy stuff now. Um, so EDF, as folks know, is a governing council member on Hedera. Um, and basically they're kind of like, and, you know, in France, they're kind of like the, you know, a major player in, in the energy grid, power, all those kinds of things. So when you think about regenerative finance or, you know, renewable energy credits or all these different types of things, you think about EDF, they've been on the council for a long time. Um, I think we talked previously on the show as well about the fact that I think um, the government, I think kind of owns them now a little bit or something in that regard. Anyways, there's been a change of ownership in that regard, but um the big story here in the headline from the official Hedera blog that was published just hours ago, um, EDF, RedX, and Recursive Labs collaborate on a proof of concept for automating renewable energy certificates, uh, certificates transactions using Hedera. So um, these, these entities, all those guys work together to create a system that automatically tracks and manages certificates for green energy making it easier and more transparent for people to use renewable energy specifically, or sorry, especially 
when charging electric cars. That's kind of the initial wheelhouse that this proof of concept is in. Um, and, you know, they highlight there's a global $19 billion renewable energy certificate market. And this initiative marks a significant step towards digitizing or digitalizing. I never heard the term digitalizing, Jesus. And automating renewable energy certificates, enhancing transparency, efficiency of green energy, blah, blah. We all heard it before. So one thing that's interesting is this uh, this company uh, involved with this, Red X, they just closed a $10 million Series A funding in October. So they've got runway. They're rocking and rolling. Um, and Recursive Labs, they're a dev shop um, focusing on uh, KYC DeFi, real-world asset tokenization, and they have a very sharp focus on Hedera and the Hedera ecosystem. So I can imagine them working on all sorts of different use cases in the space. Um, so the terms used here are kind of like uh, a REC, right? You'll hear this a bit like an REC. So basically that's a renewable energy certificate, uh, which represents proof that one megawatt um, hour of electricity was generated from a renewable energy source and can be traded or sold to support an account for renewable energy production and consumption. So this is kind of like um, the, the the kind of proof of that clean energy production and the ways in which to distribute it um, and then eventually redeem it. Um, now, another big portion of this is the CBAM. So the, the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism is a European Union carbon tariff on imports of carbon-intensive products to reduce carbon leakage and encourage global uh, sustainable production. And successful implementation in sustainable energy initiatives like this, this is important because it, it really does showcase on a, at a higher level Hedera's versi uh, versatility and reliability. And this is the type of stuff that attracts more projects and partnerships. I, I commonly use the analogy of like, we've got all these enterprises and organizations, you know, lined up waiting to dive into the pool. They don't know if the water's freezing and they're all kind of waiting for each other to dive into this new kind of DLT technology. And so now we've got a couple of these folks diving in. They're like, Hey, you know, I think the water's okay. And so it's going to create a little bit of a, an exponential uh, curve in the amount of involvement from enterprises and all these folks into Hedera. And these proof of concepts are so important. And we're seeing them across all sorts of different verticals, um, like we talked about recently with um, the Stablecoin Studio stuff and, and the proof of concepts that various banks on the governing council are doing for international remittance and all these different types of things. So this stuff's really important. So... Basically, the summary from the blog post is um, this leverages Hedera and the open source Guardian platform. And, and really, like Hedera is pushing this open source Guardian platform very heavily. Um, and this is going to be used for automating the issuance and redemption of these uh, renewable energy certificates, aiming for a more efficient, transparent renewable energy market. So the main problem addressed by this proof of concept is improving the transparency and efficiency in managing these credits, uh, sorry, certificates, and really enabling the tracking and automated handling of all this. Because traditionally managing these certificates is like a manual and intricate process. And unfortunately, like there is just like a ton of uh, 
asset, like you could essentially equate it to like fraud. Um, these, the, you know, these ESG, you know, refi, not refi, but like, um, you know, clean energy, carbon offset, like all these types of markets for years um, have been like just, you know, horrible. Like they're, they, they, the technology just hasn't been in existence to support those markets. And we see uh, the realities of that. Um, there was a recent story in The Guardian that we'll talk about the kind of hits on that. But anyways, with these technologies that Hedera is developing, and especially with this new Guardian tech stack, now these technologies are in place. And now we're starting to see these major proof of concepts and use cases um, kind of come into the full. Um, so this proof of concept involved EDF's Masera microgrid in Singapore. And so this demonstrated automatic redemption of these tokenized certificates at electric vehicle charging stations. So that was really interesting. And basically this ensured the match between the green energy production and the actual consumption. That's the missing piece here is that real-time matching of that, that transparency. Um, and that's why the redemption of these certificates is equally vital because like when businesses or individuals use electricity, they can redeem these certificates to claim their energy usage as green, even if the actual electrons are from mixed sources in the power grid. Um, and the integration of these technologies that you know Red Axe and Recursive Labs did, they allow for the full automation of the life cycle of these certificates. And so it starts to get your brain thinking about, okay, that life cycle, how many transactions are involved in that life cycle of one of these certificates um, you know, representing one megawatt of uh, one megawatt hour of power, um, which is very interesting. Um, and uh, Jason of Recursive Labs highlighted the potential of embedding this new tech stack in various renewable energy systems um, across many different verticals, not just electric car charging. Um, and so that CBAM stuff I was talking about, the carbon border adjustment mechanism. So this is going to require European-based importers to report the embedded carbon emissions of imports. Um, so from 2026, they will need to declare the quantity of goods imported and their embedded greenhouse gas emissions annually, and then surrender the corresponding number of CBAM certificates. This policy is aimed at reducing carbon leakage and underscores the importance of that. So basically... This is like an impending upcoming um, policy change in the way that you do business. And we th this technology is in such high demand. Um, and it's very cool to see all the kind of work that Hedera has been doing over the years, especially constructing the Guardian and being like super well positioned. Um, so there's a quote here from uh, Edward who's the managing director at EDF Lab, Age of Pacific. And he said, quote, with our expertise in renewable energy and electrical vehicle charging, EDF is the ideal partner for this collaboration. Our commitment to sustainability aligns perfectly with the vision of a greener future enabled by DLT. We believe this collaboration will drive positive change in the renewable energy sector. We are shaping a future where renewable energy adoption is streamlined, transparent, and accessible to all. So, Really, the question here is like, what does this all mean? Like, how does this actually work? Because 
Um, these concepts are kind of like, you know, pretty like vague to a lot of people that aren't steeped in this area. So I want to kind of break it down into like in practice, they talk about, you know, this use case and all of this kind of stuff being utilized for electric vehicle charging. And so how does this kind of all work together? So here's how it would work. So um, let's pretend, you know, we're at an electrical vehicle charging station that's connected to a microgrid like the EDF uh, Masara grid in Singapore that was mentioned in the article. So, you know, solar panels and other renewable sources generate electricity feeding into the microgrid. You can think of all the different kind of renewable energy sources uh, that, that might be feeding into that microgrid, right? Generating that energy. Uh, the system collects data from the renewable sources, right? To calculate the amount of green energy being produced. So that's kind of where this system leveraging Hedera comes in on the one side is, okay, what kind of renewable energy is being is being generated? Tokenize that, make that transparent, bring that trust. The green energy produced is represented as tokenized RECs, right? Those renewable energy certificates created and managed using Hedera's distributed ledger technology in the Guardian. So when an electric vehicle plugs into the charging station, it consumes electricity, obviously. The system automatically matches the energy consumed by the electric vehicle charger with the tokenized renewable energy certificates, ensuring that the energy used is certified as green. So if those charging stations are offering that, that you know, green carbon negative power or carbon neutral power in real time, that has to be matched to those certificates. So this is incredibly powerful. Um, consumers have the option to adjust the amount of energy to be certified for each charging session, giving them control over their green energy consumption. So if you're like, I don't need all of the energy I'm using to charge my electric vehicle to be um, you know, green energy, it gives the end user control over that. The entire process from the generation of green energy to its consumption and the renewable energy certificate redemption is automated, um, increasing efficiency and transparency. So the number one question I'm seeing about this is, okay, so what kind of transactions is this going to you know, make on the mainnet? And we don't really know at this time, but if you look at just this particular use case for electric vehicle charging in your brain, you can kind of go, okay, so take the number of stations the number of sessions and the number of transactions per sessions. And there's your estimate. So, you know, how many stations do they see this um, proof of concept or use case being launched in first? How many sessions are each of those stations going to be doing, right? How many electric vehicle charging sessions are going to happen and how many transactions are involved with each session? And there's a, a rough ball starter estimate. Um, and, it also brings to the question of on the other side of it, like we talked about, um, how many transactions will be required to measure the life cycle of these racks, measuring that power generated and being put into the microgrid. So that's the other fascinating stuff. And then you expand on that, right? Going outside of these microgrids, going outside of Singapore, going outside of the EV use cases. It's very, very fascinating stuff to think about. So um, that's a big story, big, big story. What we're going to be following um, and this is, again, this is the kind of stuff that encourages further adoption and uh, awareness in the enterprise and government space for 
you know, these technologies that the Hedera um, is bringing to the fold. Um, so our second story we're going to talk about is COP28 and Hedera. Obviously, um, this is so basically just what is COP28? Um, so COP28 is set to occur from November 30th, so tomorrow, to December 12th in Dubai and is a crucial event for the ongoing global effort to address climate change. As part of the annual United Nations Climate Change Conferences, it brings together world leaders and representatives from 197 countries and the European Union under the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. This conference aims to foster collaboration across governments, industries, and various sectors to meet the Paris Agreement's goals, particularly keeping the global temperature rise within 1.5 degrees Celsius. Um, so basically, big event, lots of world leaders, lots of global stuff. Um, Hedera is well positioned in this sector with lots of different great offerings like we just talked about, specifically the Guardian, and it's got some great example use cases to talk about. It's pretty obvious why this use case was announced um, that we just talked about a day before COP28 begins, right? You can you can connect the dots there. So folks like the HBAR Foundation, Envision Blockchain, who are the creators of the Guardian, and even like Christian Hasker from Hedera or Sorry Swirls, they're going to be there. Um, and Hedera has an upcoming session um, that will be on December 7th titled Opening the Books on Climate Finance. Um, and it's going to be moderated by uh, the editor-in-chief of Cointelegraph, panel discussion. Um, so Hedera's going really high profile and they've got a lot of ammunition and they're going to have some boots on the ground there. And it reminds me of the vibe I got from Davos. Uh, that was a very exciting time. And I feel like this is just Davos at a larger scale in a similar type of wheelhouse. Um, and guys, Hedera is just so well positioned. And I think that their 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 message is important. It's kind of like there's this criticism that is very fair criticism in this you know, uh, in this space, which is like, you know, sure, you know, we want to, you know, focus on climate change and carbon offsets and this and that, but it's all bullshit, right? It's like, there's, you know, it's the, the markets are opaque. Um, it's all wizzy wazzy. There's no truth. It's, you know, there's a lot of money lost, this and that we've even heard, you know, for example, from Microsoft themselves, they said that there isn't enough um, carbon offsets in the market for their one company to offset their footprint. So there's just this, this disjointment of supply and demand. And so Hedera enters this space and they're like, well, we have these products that can fix these problems. And it's very exciting and it's going to be a long path. Um, but I feel like Hedera is pretty far along already. Um, now, the Carbon Business Council um, published a white paper um, and this is going to be a part of what the HBAR Foundation is going to be talking about at COP28. And I know that the HBAR Foundation played a little part in this white paper. Um, but basically, uh, the white paper entitled Digital Infrastructure for Carbon Renewal, um, it was created by the Carbon Business Council. Um, and basically, it emphasizes the pivotal role of digital technologies like AI, cloud computing, and blockchain in combating climate change by enhancing uh, carbon removal efforts 
And immediately your brain goes to, oh, this, you know, this use case that we just talked about from EDF. And you can go back in the backlog of all these different use cases and proof of concepts from the Hedera purview that are so excited. And also in the white paper, um, there is an acknowledgement of Jonathan Rakoff from uh, the HBAR Foundation for his review of the document. Um, so HBAR Foundation is out in front of this. Um, which is which is really cool. And the other um, component of this from a COP28 standpoint is uh, the Global Climate Registry that we actually talked about quite in depth in episode 91 of this show. Um, the carbon registry, like a carbon registry basically is a platform that allows the registration, verification, and purchase of carbon credits. And so CarbonBase is this new kind of global climate registry it's a climate tech company and they're focused on enabling um, effective climate action. They're partnering with Impact X, uh, that's a social impact catalyst for sustainable solutions. And basically um, what they want to do is, is kind of highlight the fact that there are four carbon registries in the world and they want to be the fifth and they want it to be completely on chain and they're going to be leveraging Hedera for that. Um, and right now the current carbon registries run on traditional databases. They want to use HCS instead, the consensus service. Um, and they want to bring in the money flows. Um, there are big money flows and they highlight, for example, China will need to spend 17 to $25 trillion to meet their climate change goals. The U S would be a similar scale and other countries collectively will need to spend about a hundred trillion. And the current crypto market is 1.5 trillion. The current green bond market is 1.5 trillion. So it's this massive upside potential um, that's just waiting on these tech stacks and this technology and these integrations and partnerships to come to fruition. And it really does feel like we're on track for that. Um, and they've been selected for the COP28 shortlist. So basically the shortlist is like, um, it's called the UAE tech sprint shortlist, and it involves selecting proposals for financial technology solutions, abling, uh, aiding climate action. Um, and basically participants submit their ideas. Uh, they submitted them by October 6th. They were shortlisted. Um, and basically when you're on the shortlist, the benefits are you, there's opportunities for further development, um, you know, uh, potential grants, proposals, um, all different stuff. So it's great to see again, these kind of high level initiatives moving forward at, you know, global scale and it involves Hedera. Um, and on the H bar bull show this week on Friday, um, Zepsi, um, who's a, you know, an OG community member and is at the foundation. Um, he mentioned that this is the chance for the H bar foundation to showcase the guardian as the best tech for modernizing and bringing trust to the carbon markets, as you know, as I mentioned, um, and he specifically said there's been a lot of bad press about carbon credits. Recently, there was a piece highlighting that more than 90% of rainforest carbon offsets by the biggest certifier are worthless. So there's a huge pain point here, right? Huge demand and huge problems, and Hedera is positioned to solve those problems. Um, and the, many people, you know, Rob Allen, Zepsi, all these folks. They've specifically said that there will be lots of news and updates um, and exciting things happening over the next two weeks, specifically, obviously referring to the timeline of COP28. So are there going to be governing council member announcements? Are there going to be other major use cases and proof of concepts announced like we saw today? Uh, we're not going to know. 
Rob Allen said in particular, and Rob Allen is, you know, again, back on the governing council. He said specifically, prepare yourself for many announcements out of COP28. Um, and yeah, that's that's, uh, that's really big stuff. Now, next story, Hedera on Capitol Hill. Um, so there's a letter that was written uh, and Nilmini Rubin, who is the head of global policy at Hedera, was involved. So Hedera tweeted out, proud to have Nilmini Rubin representing Hedera today as signatories of the Blockchain Association's letter to Congress regarding digital asset regulations convene on Capitol Hill to offer their expertise to policymakers. And the Blockchain Association tweet uh, tweeted, our fly-in is also kicking off now. Signatories from our national security letter will spend the day with policymakers on the Hill discussing the way forward for our industry. Um, so what's this letter about? Basically, the letters from former U.S. military members, intelligence officers, national security professionals um, who now work in the digital asset industry. And these folks include Nelmini Rubin at Hedera. They're addressing Congresses. Or they're addressing Congress to discuss concerns about the use of cryptocurrencies in illicit activities, particularly focusing on misconceptions about their use by terrorist groups. And the main concern is they argue that recent reports about terrorist groups like Hamas using cryptocurrency are exaggerated and misleading. They are worried these reports might lead to laws that could harm the U.S. and the digital asset industry. So these folks, including Nalmini from Hedera, going out front directly with policymakers at Capitol Hill to try and guide these conversations and bring those insights um, I think this stuff's so important. It would happen regardless, but I think knowing that Hedera is, um, that, you know, Hedera, the LLC, is taking such a strong stance and putting so many resources behind uh, their involvement in this policy making, I think is going to pay huge dividends uh, for this network. And uh, basically, the key message here from this letter is uh, the writers, you know, support efforts to stop bad actors in the crypto world but emphasize that most people in this industry are good and working on legitimate projects. It's true. They argue that the proposed laws might drive the digital asset industry out of the U.S., which would be bad for the country's security and economy. Um, they highlight the importance of potential blockchain and crypto technology, mention their ability to transfer value globally without middlemen, a.k.a. Um, explain it to these people like they're five. Um, they offer their expertise to Congress to build a future where digital assets can be beneficial while also enhancing U.S. national security. And the letter is a call to ensure that any legislation, legislation respects American values and does not unintentionally push the digital asset industry away from the U.S. It's about finding the right balance between regulation and innovation. So, um, again, really, that's it. That's the story. But it's this continued uh I'd call it the, I'm, I'm going to coin it the, the, the Nilmini saga um, out there being a part of all of these important milestones in the crypto industry from a policy purview. Um, it's just, I mean, you know, I, I don't understand a lot of those things that she's doing, but I think they're really important. So shout out to you, Nilmini. It'd be great to have you on the show. Um, very, very, very big brain stuff. Um, now, we've seen some new waves of FUD in the ecosystem, fear and uncertainty and doubt 
um, a big topic of conversation is, you know, why are all these amazing things happening on Hedera, but the price is not going up? And, you know, I, I don't quite know how else to explain this other than like, this is literally like what, um, you know, opportunity is like the whole point of investing, the whole point of, um, you know, buying assets like this is to buy assets that have a big upside potential and are positioned well in their respective industries and are underpriced or undervalued or experiencing um, a, a, a strong macro downward pressure. Um, that's just how people get rich off of um, all sorts of different types of investments um, like Amazon or Microsoft or Apple or, you know, you can basically any of the Fortune 500 or any of these companies. Um, if it was the case where every time something good happened in Hedera, the price went up, there would just literally be no opportunity to capture value. Um, that's just kind of how it works. And that's where the risk and reward comes in, right? The reward is generated by the fact that price doesn't go up immediately upon good news and the, and the reward comes in to that as well. So it's, it's just one of those basic investment principles and it's just about whether your risk tolerance is there. And when you look at Hedera as an asset from the outside, um, many rational folks that have an understanding about the tokenomics and the fundamentals and the community and the use cases and the this and the that and the weaknesses and strengths, um, you know, you look at an asset like HBAR and you go, okay, right? Already this is uh, this is a, a crypto asset far removed from most others because it uses Hashgraph as a underlying technology versus blockchain or another kind of traditional DLT. Um, so that's already something that maybe sets it apart for better or for worse. Um, and uh, there is a lot of enterprise interest. It has a very unique governance model um, that is starting out more... Um, you know, more uh, permissioned than, you know, than decentralized initially moving more decentralized down the road. Uh, there's actually a great tweet um, from Ed Marquez on this from Swirls. He provided some graphs, but basically it's like um, there's a difference between public and private networks and permissioned and permissionless networks. So a lot of people argue, you know, oh, Hedera is a private network. And it's like, well, no, it's not. Um, it's a public network. Anyone can use it. Um, what they're meaning is permissioned and permissionless. So a permissioned network requires permission to run validators on the network. And then a permissionless network does not require permission to run validators on the network, AKA nodes. So Hedera is permissioned moving to permissionless, um, but it is a public network. And, and then there's other facets of the network, you know, for example, like TPS and all those different types of things. But anyways, um, a lot of that nuance, a lot of that understanding, a lot of that perspective, you know, understandably just gets lost on people. I mean, when you're, uh, when you are an L1 or a crypto network or whatever you might be a project, what have you, I mean, you're not, when you're speaking to the crypto industry, you're not talking to an idle standing group of people. You're talking to a merry-go-round operating at 900 rotations per minute. So you kind of have to operate in broad strokes and you kind of have to expect that, you know, a lot a lot of nuance and information is just going to get lost on people. But that's where the opportunity lies for investors. That's where the risk lies. 
And really, if you see a graph, like a chart, let's say, and you map out two elements, right? Um, value on the network. And I'm not talking just TVL. I'm talking um, use cases, uh, positioning, assets, resources, abilities, all those different types of things. And then you map out price. If you have an asset where the price is kind of just flatlined or going down a little bit and the value is going up, well, that's, you look at that as a potential opportunity. And I think that's the thinking process of a lot of HBAR investors. And I think that's why a lot of people are continuing to invest in HBAR. But I also think it's a reason why a lot of people are confused, kind of saying like, well, if more value is being added to this ecosystem and network, if there's all of these amazing news stories coming out of this ecosystem, shouldn't the price be going up? And I think that for many reasons, it's just, this is just a longer play. It always has been. It's very different from other networks. We don't have a network that um, has a founder that's constantly on Twitter spaces and interviews and YouTube videos and walking around with, you know, Rolexes and Versace, you know, shoes and stuff like that. We don't have a network that's like always posting memes and this and that. We don't have a network that is doing airdrops and burning tokens and kind of bending to every whim of the community to, you know, push the price up and that, you know, there's upsides and downsides to that. Sure. I think most of the downsides are, are short term. Um, and I think that a lot of criticisms in that regard are fair. I mean, I do think that, you know, Hedera needs to definitely like get rid of some of the red tape and, you know, make the, you know, make things a little more appealing, but I think that'll happen over time. And I think that is happening. I actually had a great conversation about this with Hedera's social media manager, Oliver, on the show. I think it was like episode 92 or something like that. But um, the problems that causes sometimes are like what we've been seeing in the space. And it, and it brings up kind of this brings us to our, our next story a little bit, um, but it kind of ties things in together. Uh, to, uh, X user um, at 0x. M-E-R-T underscore O-X-M-E-R-T, um, CEO of Helios Labs, um, crypto engineering, uh, accelerationist, um, all this kind of stuff. Um, no disrespect, all peace and love, peace and love. Um, and basically there's, there's been some, some stuff about, you know, you know, they tweet out, quote, I'm so confused why random Hedera people keep commenting on 100% of my posts. It's a permissioned set of 29 computers controlled by whitelisted enterprise. It's not a public chain. It also doesn't do anywhere near the TPS it says it does. It has less TPS than Ethereum. So, you know, right off the bat, it's like, you know, there's two sides to this. It's like one side is like, First off, it, just from that, you understand this individual doesn't have like a great grasp of this types of technologies because they're conflating permissioned and permissioned list with private and public, right? What they should have said is it's, it, you know, it is a permission set of 29 nodes, right? Um, but when they say not a public chain, they just should say not a permissionless chain. It is a public chain. Anyone can use it. So there's just some misinfo. And the problem is, is that it doesn't seem like somebody who's open to 
um, learning about the network or what have you. Maybe they're a troll, maybe they're whatever, but it's just like this whole thing. And it's like, everyone's freaking out. And I did a meme about it earlier, but um, it is what it is. I mean, it's like um, you've got this misinformation and people like looking up on Google, like he's literally just like, or they are literally just, you know, searching up Google and, you know, screenshotting stuff. And they're looking for, articles and information that validate their their standpoint. Maybe in some cases, like I've talked about before, you know, Hedera, Hashgraph, this is a disruptive technology. It definitely threatens the the the, the modus operandi of a lot of networks out there. And, um, you know, I can empathize. It's like if I was invested in a network heavily that, um, you know, that, that, it could be seen that Hedera would be a threat to my investment. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I would definitely, um, you know, kind of like get my back up against the wall about it and not be initially super open to new information. It's just kind of, you know, it's what humans do. Um, and we've done it too in the past. There have been many networks, you know, you look at Phantom or you look at, um, any other networks. And of course, you know, when you talk about it from a technology standpoint, you can have that argument and there's many nuances and it's very clear that Hedera is a, you know, superior technology, this and that, but from a human standpoint, from a lot of holders, you know, where a mar in a market that's largely driven by emotion. Um, yeah. You see, you know, Hedera people freak out about stuff like that too, respectively. So it's like, it's just, it's the way thing is, things are, it's unfortunate. I, you know, I think that this individual in particular is, you know, kind of like to some extent, you know, putting their fingers in their ears and going la, 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 la. And um, the other thing that this brings up, moving on from this individual, I don't mean to pick on them. They're just a, an example of something that's happened. I think most folks listening to the show are familiar with the interactions and the, you know, the, the different things uh, going on in regards to this topic, but moving on from this individual, again, no hate to anybody, peace and love. Um, the, the other side to this brings me to another point that keeps being brought up, but is worth bringing up again. And it started a really great conversation, which involves the Hedera consensus service. So as people invested in Hedera, and maybe a lot of people invested in HBAR and Hedera maybe don't know about this, but the Hedera consensus service currently is responsible for um, like, you know, 99% of the, of the thousands of transactions per second on the mainnet. The Hedera consensus service is um, tiny little transactions that are paid transactions from outside parties um, that are submitted to like a notary public or a data log and is used um, very heavily right now by Avery Dennison's Atma IO use case. So to be clear, um, all of the transactions being submitted to the Hedera mainnet are from outside parties um, and they are all paid transactions. The problem is the brand of this service, right? This service is called the Hedera Consensus Service. Now, why is this a problem? Do I, in my own opinion, the problem is that the crypto space largely, uh, especially this year, 
has been conditioned largely again by the network metrics of Solana to be very, very critical of transaction counts because with Solana, their kind of baseline transaction count includes um, transactions between validator nodes, communications between nodes, which are not transactions submitted by outside parties and they are not paid transactions. They don't generate revenue for the network. And so this caused a lot of confusion over the years because people were like, oh, Solana has 4,000 TPS. This is amazing. And then they're very upset and bummed out when they find out, oh, they're, they've been bamboozling us. And now on a lot of these transaction counting websites like realtps.net or Chainspect or, or even Solana's own Network Explorer, they filter out these transactions, these, these kind of um, junk non-revenue generating transact. Well, they're not junk transactions. They're important. The Solana depends on those transactions for the network to function. It's, it's node sending messages back and forth to each other, right? So um, it's important, but they're, they're, they're inflating the, the transaction count. So now those are filtered out and people have a much better understanding of that. And rightfully so people are, are high, highly vigilant and suspicious of any network that um, counts validator messages between nodes in their transaction count. Very fair, very, very fair. So now let's put ourselves in, our, in the shoes of somebody that doesn't really know Hedera that much, that it seems really cool and they're checking it out. They look at a network explorer um, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, 2,500 transactions per second. Wow, it's crazy. They dig a little deeper and they go, I gotcha. It turns out that 99% of these transactions are from the Hedera consensus service. These are meaningless transactions that are um, uh, used for messaging between nodes, just like Solana. They're trying to do the same. Um, uh, they're trying to do the same flim flam as Solana did. I got them. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Twitter or X. I'm going to make a post about this so people are aware um, Hedera is pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. And then we end up in a situation like this where we see, you know, these conversations that we've seen earlier. And, you know, on one end you go, okay, but like look a little further into this, right? Maybe it's worth, you know, doing a little more research into this and maybe, you know, it's really easy to do a Google on this and, and get to an article or two that will kind of break down what the Hedera consensus service transactions are. And, you know, you quickly learn that, you know, they're paid transactions by outside parties. And, you know, the real irony here too is that the Hedera network is, is on a gossip about gossip virtual voting algorithm. The nodes actually don't send messages between each other at all. That's the real irony here. That's what's so funny about this is it's actually not even a component of the network. So, on one side, I go, you know, fair, right? It, you know, we've conditioned this industry to be super hyper vigilant and critical of any network that is including um, validator messages in their transaction account. But then on the other side as well, it's like, well, you know, do a little more research into this. Um, so again, you can understand where people land on both ends of that spectrum and maybe why they'll come to the conclusions that they come to, the knee jerk reactions that they have. Um, and 
to me, I kind of go, is it time for a rebrand of the Hedera Consensus Service? Because the issue is, if the Hedera Consensus Service had a different name that was a little more clear on what the service provided and didn't allude to messages within the network, right? The name Hedera Consensus Service implies <clears throat> that this is, <coughs> excuse me, that these are transactions needed for the network to come to consensus, similar to Solana. It's just maybe it's a bad name for the service and maybe it causes a lot of confusion. And maybe if it was changed, it would eliminate the need for some of these conversations and arguments online because largely it's not a conversation or argument about the technology or about the network. It's battling against just bad branding maybe. Um, so it, it brings it to mind for me. And it's something that has been brought up before. The HBAR bull mentioned to me that this is something he's talked about for a year um, that he's seen as a potential problem. And to be fair, you know, the folks who branded, who named this service, Hedera Consensus Service, probably weren't able to foresee this being an issue in the future. It's tough to see this type of nuance and hindsight is 2020. So that's my take on it. Now, what are some potential alternatives for the name of this service? And what was really great about this is I, again, I shared a, a big post on this of all the ideas kind of I talked about on the show just now. And um, what ended up happening was lots of people in the Hedera community commented on that post and were like, well, Here's an idea that I have about how we could rename this service to be something a little more clear for people on the outside and a little more descriptive of what the service is and hopefully eliminate confusion and inherently communicate that these are transactions submitted by outside parties that are paid. The Hedera Consensus Service, HCS, maybe doesn't do that so well. So what are these alternatives? Um, number one, and, and in no particular order, number one from the HBAR bull, Hedera Notary Service, HNS. Um, number two from HBO, at HBO Daddy, Decentralized Consensus Service, DCS. So pretty similar. Um, from at Third Gen Crypto, aka Lance, shout out Lance, love you buddy. He's at Swirls now. Um, Hedera ordered data log, H-O-D-L, HODL. So how great would that be if the Hedera Consensus Service HCS was rebranded to HODL? <laughs> uh, at Bird's Eyes Ball says Hedera Certification Service. That's that's cool because it leaves it as HCS, so it's not too different. Um, at HBAR1000 says Shared Events Notarized Data, a.k.a. SEND, H. E and, or sorry, S-E-N-D, send. So kind of cool. Um, at run42.2 says, Hedera's encrypted ledger uh, distribution. I don't know if these messages are encrypted. Um, so I don't think this is a good one. The only one I, the only reason I added it was it, the acronym was HELD. So I think that's kind of cool. At HelloFuture01 says, Hedera data stamping service. HDS, that one's kind of good. 
at Oliver Jong says Hedera Data Logger, HDL. Very cool. Um, at Fake Account 1299 says Hedera Ordered Messaging Service. At, you know, Homs, right? H O M S, kind of cool. At LeBron NFT says Hedera Paid Notary Service, HPNS, right? Really hitting on the fact that it's paid. Um, so lots of really, really good suggestions. Um, there's a couple more. Um, you know, Hedera Certification Service, uh, all these different types of things. Hedera um, Record Service from uh, at H Bar Tata, a frequent listener of the show, shout out. Um, so there's a few different good ones. And I think it's worth a discussion. You know, I don't know if uh, if it's a topic that's been discussed by the governing council, but like seriously, it's time to discuss it because if there was a time to rebrand the service, it would be now before the kind of mass adoption spike happens. And rebranding it, I don't know what it entails. I don't know if it's as simple as updating the website and some presentations and this and that. Um, also, too, with a rebrand, for example, if you were going to use something like, um, you know, the Hedera certification service, you would say, you know, this use cases, you know, leveraging the Hedera certification service, uh, previously Hedera consensus service. So you could also do something like that. But anyways, in my mind, there are definitely upsides and downsides to rebranding HCS. Um, but I do think that a rebrand in itself generates a lot of attention. And if the topic of that attention is rebranding the service to better represent what it's about, then again, it creates a, a discussion around what it's actually about and may bring clarification. So, um, there's a lot of arguments on both sides, but I just think it's worth exploring. And I don't think it's a, a discussion that's been talked about um, as much and I think should be talked about more. And I think wrapping this thought up is I think that it may help us avoid confusion and FUD and this and that that really is unnecessary. Like a lot of those conversations, you know, really don't have anything to do with Hedera or the technology or this or that. It's literally just confusion around maybe some... Um, bad branding. And when I see H barbarians, in the comments trying to explain it and trying to, you know, combat it and all this kind of stuff, it's like, they're not really combating anything other than again, just confusing branding. So, uh, unfortunate situation, potential solutions in the big scheme of things, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it'll sort itself out. Who knows? Maybe, you know, probably won't, but anyways, um, Next story, you what, what what's going on in the UK? Because an article was published, um, what day was this published? This was published November 25th, days ago, entitled UK Unlocks Future of Finance with Tokenized Fund Approval. Um, the UK investment managers have received approval to develop blockchain-based tokenized funds. The UK's Financial Conduct Authority... FCA supports this initiative with major firms like BlackRock involved. Tokenized funds involve splitting assets into smaller digital tokens backed by blockchain, aiming to revolutionize the industry by trading assets more cheaply and transparently. Uh, Michael, CEO of Legal and General Investment Management, notes that fund tokenizations could lead to greater efficiency, liquidity, enhanced risk management, and more tailored portfolios. 
Tokenized funds are seen as a major advance, advancement in asset management, offering efficient and transparent tracking and management of assets. Globally, the U.S. and Asia are leading in adoption of tokenized funds with significant involvement in such projects. I don't know about that. But anyways, a large percentage of asset managers in the U.S. and Asia plan to launch tokenized products soon. There's that word soon again. With Asia anticipating a high rate of tokenization in the next three years. The UK's entry into tokenized funds aligns with a global trend towards integrating traditional finance principles with blockchain technology for a more efficient and inclusive market. So a uh, super fun article uh, from uh, Cryptopolitan involving the UK and all of this very cool stuff, very nice. Um, Reddit user on the Hedera subreddit, uh, Crypto Creasy, says, quote, this is a key step for Aberdeen one of our better governing council members to move forward with their plan to utilize Hedera for tokenization across the $500 billion assets under management. This is a great step to, uh, forward and yet another opportunity moving towards implementation of massive real world use cases for Hedera. As we know, Aberdeen is tokenizing $16 trillion in money market funds on Hedera. So this news is very exciting at a large scale and specifically um, hits on some of those key points that a governing council member is doing on Hedera. Also, um, there is um, a headline um, from the Investment Association regarding a blueprint for implementation um, along these lines. So this this is this big giant PDF that's like a big blueprint um, uh, from a bunch of authors like uh, Aquas Exchange, Augmentium, Calistone, CMS, uh, Copper, Galaxy Digital, Hargraves Lansdowne, uh, Innovate uh, Finance, London Stock Exchange Group, Nest, Northern Trust, uh, Government Regulatory Observers. Anyways, like, you know, big wigs in, uh, you know, um, the UK fund space. And basically this blueprint touches on a few uh, salient points, which is, the document proposes a model for tokenizing investment funds in the UK. Tokenization is expected to enhance the efficiency and transparency of the industry. And the blueprint emphasizes the importance of regulatory certainty fostering innovation in DLTs within the investment and management industry and addressing money laundering uh, regulations. So basically speaking to um, a lot of those key points that Aberdeen, as a Hedera Governing Council member, has been speaking to as well, and this directly affects them in a positive way. Uh, the plan includes stages for implementing tokenization with an initial focus on establishing a baseline model. The blueprint also considers future proofing. Um, collaboration with industry regulators and government is crucial for the successful implementation. Um, and the document highlights the potential of combining AI and DLT for improved investment management services. Uh, and a comment on the Hedera subreddit from user uh, Ricola 63 says, quote, this report is so bullish for Hedera, it's hard to overstate its significance. Basically, it means the real world asset tokenization train is leaving the station. No, it doesn't mention Hedera by name but it basically outlines what one of the major financial centers in the world thinks about tokenization in fund management and from the perspective of any high quality tokenization provider, it's great. 
It seems to me that Hedera is going to have to tread a thin line between promoting the benefits of using a public network and potentially upsetting some of the key real-world asset players worldwide because there is this debate between do we use a private ledger or do we use a public ledger or a hybrid. So this stuff directly impacts Hedera because Hedera, through the governing council member Aberdeen, has a very strong position in the tokenized asset, real-world asset market in the UK. Now, curveball, record screech, breaking news this morning, um, headline, the UK to hit crypto users with penalties for unpaid taxes. So the UK government on Wednesday, aka today, called on crypto users to voluntarily disclose any unpaid capital gains or income taxes to avoid penalties and publish guidance on how to pay them. Users who have already made crypto tax disclosures to the UK Treasury have 30 days from the disclosure date to make all necessary payments. If the deadline is not met, the Treasury will take steps to recover the money and users may face penalties. So two sides to the coin. It seems the UK is very excited about tokenization, but that excitement manifests in all sorts of different ways. So um, this was a, a very exciting story to talk about with a last minute curveball there. So keep an eye on that as well. Next payment, uh, online payments with Wix and Hedera. So this is very, very cool. Um, that in, This involves um, a company called Body Mind Life, um, which I guess is a company that helps you with your body, mind, and your life. Um, the interesting thing here is they're developing a payment platform, an e-commerce payment platform, leveraging Hedera that integrates into the Wix website CMS platform. Um, so what is this all about? So basically, uh, Peter Tippett, um made a LinkedIn post. He's involved with this initiative and it breaks it down a little bit. And in the post, he shares a screenshot from hash scan, which is the network explorer for Hedera showing a uh, mainnet transaction for this. Um, so this is very exciting. So he says, I'll just read uh, a few things verbatim from this LinkedIn post, but he says, quote, um, sharing insights from a transformative six-year journey, navigating health challenges, relocating and adapting to unforeseen business hurdles. Today, I'm thrilled to unveil a practical solution addressing a common pain point for business owners. Enter the pay everyone at once payment model, ensuring instant payment post-sale. No more waiting and wondering. It's a game changer for simplifying the payment process. At Body Mind Life, Byron Bay, our system processes payments from the student as they attend class and sending directly to the teacher, landlord, operations, GST, and more in real time, governed by preset rules tied to company funds, it's a substantial saving for the business in cost, risks, and time. Powered by Wix Studio Booking Frontend, bracket Web 2, and Hedera Blockchain Web 3 backend, we've collaborated with Wix, Hedera, and AngelHack over the last three months to bring this fully online. We just pushed it live as a beta this week with plans to go live within a week. So next week, this should be fully live. This is just the beginning. 
Our roadmap envisions closed-loop systems for communities, empowering them to compete with larger businesses by enhancing efficiency. So imagine that when you pay for a class as a student, immediately that payment is broken up into all the funds um, for, as, as was pointed out, the teacher, the landlord, operations, taxes, all those things in real time instantly. So very, very big uh, potential use case, uh, which is really, really exciting. Um, and I think that is really, really great. So this is a story to keep an eye on. And if you have a Wix website or you're using um, Wix Studio Booking front end, you may have access to a new um, payment uh you know, option leveraging Hedera in a really unique way. So keep an eye out for that. Before we move on to our next story, some breaking news just out now from Karate Combat. Um, Dex Swap is enabled and live today in the Karate Combat iOS app. So you will be able to swap um, tokens inside of their app. So that's very exciting. Um, our next story is just a really quick one involving Circle, the makers of USDC and Hedera and some breadcrumbs. So the first breadcrumb comes from the recent launch of Galaxy's um, sending crypto as DMs feature. So we talked about this last week. For those unfamiliar, Galaxy, the social media wallet on Adara, launched a new feature where you can send crypto to your friends via DMs, leveraging the Hedera network and USDC on Hedera, also known as HUSDC. And the, I believe, CEO, yeah, the co-founder and CEO of Circle, the makers of USDC, retweeted this um, and is very excited about this. And it's very clear that they're aware of Hedera and they're very excited about Hedera and the benefits that the technology of Hashgraph can bring. Furthermore, Rob Allen, who again, we've talked about quite a bit, um, posted a photo on November 24th of he and the CEO and co-founder of Circles, of Circle um, in Singapore. Um, and Rob Allen says, quote, um, what's his name? Jeremy and I discussed Hedera and USDC in Singapore. They are a great partner on many of our payment initiatives being built on the Hedera network. So it's, and again, Rob Allen is now a governing council member once again. So this is a photo of a governing council member and the founder and CEO of Circle hanging out in Singapore as it seems they're in a box seating for a sporting event and they're hanging out, chatting about Hedera. And, uh, you know, I think that this is very, very interesting stuff when you tie it all together. There are also, of course, um, other breadcrumbs to be looked at when it comes to the Circle and Hedera purview. And as we know, there's a lot of USDC minted natively on Hedera, but it is underutilized and Galaxy is hoping to utilize it more. So there are problems to overcome, but there are substantial breadcrumbs to this potential partnership and it gets your brain thinking. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on. Would we see Circle joining the governing council, right? They're already aware of and excited about Hedera. Tinfoil hat. Taking the tinfoil hat back off. Our next story is 
regarding Hyundai and LG. LG being a governing council member and Hyundai, uh, just Hyundai. Uh, as we know, Hyundai is building a Hedera use case for their supply chain, leveraging, I believe, the Guardian. So again, ESG type stuff, regenerative finance type stuff that was announced earlier this year. We did talk about it in depth on the show, but this is a company and enterprise outside of the governing council building on, um, you know, Hedera. So that's exciting. Now, where does LG come in? So a, a press release was released by um, LG uh, titled LG Art Lab. Um, LG Electronics is teaming up with Hyundai Motor Group to bring its cutting edge web OS for automotive to the luxury Genesis brand. Uh, Genesis uh, being a brand from Hyundai, it's a type of car, very cool. Um, so, you know, what's the, what's the key points from this? So basically LG electronics will apply its in vehicle infotainment system featuring WebOS for automotive to Hyundai motor groups, new Genesis models. This collaboration is LG's first introduction of its automotive current plat uh, content platform, leveraging the success of WebOS in the smart TV market. It also features a partnership with YouTube, you know, so again, YouTube being a Google slash alphabet property. And Google also being a governing council member on Hedera, another little thread there. Um, LG's WebOS for automotive allows customers to enjoy a variety of content in their vehicles, similar to their home TV experiences. So where are the really interesting points from this? So LG previously launched NFT trading for all US LG smart TVs running WebOS 5.0 in September of this year, I believe. I think it's this year. Um, they also have uh, Wallopto, which is LG's crypto wallet developed for the Hedera network. And I think a fun tidbit, um, just to be sure I'm not talking out of my ass here, if you go to, real quick, um, doing some real-time research here. Give me a moment, beep, boop, beep, boop. Uh, on my computer, clicking around. Yeah, so if you go to Saucer Swap and you go to connect your wallet, one of the options is to connect uh, Wallopto, um, which is LG's wallet. So there's this, this is a wallet developed by LG that integrates with their WebOS platform and the WebOS platform, as we know from this press release, is now being brought to Genesis model cars from Hyundai Motors and Hyundai is developing a Hedera use case uh, for ESG for their supply chain, similar to Atma.io. So it's all of these kind of like different elements as you can kind of see painting those pictures together. We put our tinfoil hat on and we go, is Hyundai going to be a potential governing council member? It makes sense for a bunch of different reasons we don't need to go into. It's pretty clear um, and very exciting with the possibilities. And so that story in particular is very exciting. There's a lot of different connections that could be drawn. Not a ton of confirmation. There is no specific mention of Hedera or Hashgraph in this recent press release, but we can start to connect dots. It involves YouTube. It involves Hyundai. It involves um, LG, all of which are either governing council members um, owned by governing council members or building on the Hedera network. So very, very interesting stuff. Our last story of the day 
Saucer Swap version two hurdles. Um, so Saucer Swap briefly paused their new position creation and their version two liquidity pools to address minor transaction inconsistencies and resolve withdrawal issues faced by a few users. So this precaution ensured system security and performance while allowing existing investors to manage their positions. So basically what happens? So on the 21st um, at 4.47 p.m. Eastern, they temporarily paused minting new liquidity position NFTs in SaucerSwap version two. Um, the existing positions remained active and routine checks were being done with inconsistencies being discovered with the burning process and other protocol aspects were remaining functioning normally. Um, later that day or the next day uh, on the 22nd, the minting of new positions in version two were still paused. Withdrawal fee claims from current positions were made available. Uh, they reminded folks that version two services and swaps and staking were operational and they were addressing isolated withdrawal difficulties for some users. The next day on the 22nd, um, identification of the root cause uh, for withdrawal issues were discovered. The creation of liquidity positions in version two remained offline. Um, they took a break for Thanksgiving, deserved it. Uh, and they were hoping uh, to resume operations on Friday or, or work on this on Friday. And so on the 24th, um, they, you know, it was still paused, the creation of new positions on the version two protocol. Um, they were offering assistance and they were doing some final checks to bring things back online. Um, and then two days later on the 26th, uh, they were doing some final testing for a solution. They brought version two swaps back online um, and they were uh, saying an announcement would be coming. And then on the 26th, that same day um, later, uh, the position and creation of version two pools were back online. They deployed an updated non-functional non-fungible position manager contract. They addressed an issue with the previous version uh, and they shared some technical details about the new contract. Um, they created a new migrate page and basically they kind of got things back up and running. It was, it was quite a saga, but I think was handled really, really well. I think that I say this quite a bit, but you, it's always best to judge projects when they're dealing with adversity it's really hard to judge products when things are going really, really well. Um, so when you see a project like Saucer Swap have something go bad, right? Something go wrong. It's a time when you can really judge the projects. And I think that the ways that Saucer Swap dealt uh, with the issue um, and the way that they applied the solutions and, and walked through everybody and communicated, you know, I think it was really great. Um, and I think that it definitely speaks to the character of the project. So I want to kind of commend the saucer swap team on that. It was, uh, you know, definitely felt touch and go from a community standpoint. Uh, but I think overall overcoming it, I think raised confidence in the platform. So shout out to the team. I always like to, you know, highlight important stuff like this and, you know, commend, uh, you know, congratulate people on overcoming stuff. It's important. Now, if you are, if you do have version two, um, liquidity positions as NFTs that were affected by this. There is a new page, uh, saucerswap.finance slash migrate. It has the steps that you need to do to rectify the issue. 
um, and you will be taken. You'll be taken care of. It'll be all good. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, so quite a show. I forgot to mention too, if you'd like to support the show, um, a lot of people ask me, Hey, you know, how can I support the show? Um, as, as a lot of people know, I don't do advertisements. I don't do sponsorships, even though I get offered those. I much rather have the show be community supported. So there's a post pinned to the top of the spaces here, and it's really easy. You can just basically send some H bar to an account uh, and I use it to, uh, pay for services that I use for the show. There are quite a few services that I pay for to help with research and all sorts of different things. Um, I spend about 10 hours a week producing the show. Um, and there's some new equipment that I'm going to be purchasing for the show. Um, I am hoping to purchase that equipment very, very soon. Um, I have the funds to do it now from the show. Um, I've moved the funds and made them available for the purchase. And the purchase will be a new microphone, a proper podcast setup. We want to have theme songs. We want to be able to play uh, clips and all that kind of stuff. And I want to sound better on the show. I want to be able to produce the show faster so I can instead focus on the quality of the content. So very big stuff, major milestones reached. Um, just want to, you know, I'm so grateful to all the supporters of the show. Um, it really, really means a lot. Um, I really enjoy doing the show and it just, uh, you know, I mean, the show averages about 500 listeners every week on X spaces and hundreds more on different podcast platforms. And over the years, I've covered every major Hedera news event um, and almost every juicy rumor. Um, and the best thing is like, I've been able to do it all live, which I really love. I love doing the show live. It means a lot. Even if it's just me, like this episode, um, it's just great to have the opportunity to react to things in real time, which is important. Um, and I like doing interviews and all this different stuff. We've had a lot of amazing guests. I mean, we had 13 amazing guests on episode 100. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go listen to that. If you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR contribution. Uh, you can uh, send a contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. As I said, fund memos are appreciated. The full Hedera addresses in the podcast show notes in the post pinned above in the YouTube description and all that kind of good stuff. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. And a free way to support the show, just leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Leave a comment on YouTube. Like it, it, it literally helps big time. It tickles the algorithm and it really helps the show. You can also leave a tip on Galaxy or DM me on Galaxy. That also works. Um, Galaxy is actually like amazing. And so the week continues before I share my final th quick thoughts, a huge shout out to everyone listening live right now. Another huge shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. And again, an extra, extra, extra shout out to contributors of the show. Um, and this was a, this was an important show. There was a lot of big stories. It does feel like a little bit of a calm before the storm. Um, I think we're going to continue to see conversation and confusion about Hedera. It is a very strange and exciting and weird time for this ecosystem. Um, I think a lot of exciting things are going to happen. We don't know when, and we don't know if it will affect the price. It's just that kind of time. The transactions keep racking up 
and we're waiting on a bunch of stuff. We're waiting on permission uh, nodes. We're waiting on community nodes. Um, we're waiting on so many different things. And, you know, there's a many, there's many criticisms to be shared and I've shared those, you know, on the episode in many episodes. So I'm not going to talk your ear off about those, but I think that really the key takeaway here is, you know, we are definitely as, as Mance Harmon co-founder of Hedera would say, we're in the chasm, right? We're in that kind of strange, gray, floaty, um, confusing space between early adoption and mass adoption. We don't know how long it's going to last. Um, we don't know what is going to be happening in the broader crypto industry, in the broader technology industry, in the broader markets, in the world, across the board. It's unpredictable times. It's very strange. And it really comes down to what I was talking about before. Risk and reward, um, opportunity, understanding that, you know, value on the network is going to go up and the price may not necessarily go up right away. That's the value opportunity, but that's also the risk. Um, and it just comes down to that risk and reward. What do you have an appetite for? Um, and there's so many, like, I think that, you know, there's just going to be so many crazy things that are going to be happening. Um, it's just, you know, what everyone has been saying. And when I say everyone, I mean people at the association, the foundation, Swirls, Hedera, governing council members, all of them for months have been saying, you know, this year is going to end with a bang and next year is going to start with a bang. And, um, you know, they have said it in the past. So we'll just have to see. Um, I think there's a confidence and optimism in the air. Um, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Um, so that's a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News, episode 102, 31 billion. Broadcast live on Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms the following Thursday. Um, stay tuned on Friday. I'm going to have an interview episode with Dave, who is the head of Takeon, who is the, um, you know, they are the, the, a very exciting, big use case flying under the radar. Um, as I said, kind of like a Dropbox running on Hedera, uh, a Google drive running on Hedera that is stress tested by the U S air force and funded by the Department of Defense. Um, they had an article come out by the HBAR Foundation recently. Very, very interesting stuff. Again, I had a great chat with him in LA in person. We talked about music and a little bit about his history with Hedera. So I'm excited to take a deep dive into his use case, learn more about it, ask some questions. Um, that'll be really exciting. So do not miss that. Friday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, um, I guess 12.30 Pacific. Um, it'll be a great conversation. So make sure to tune in for that. I'll have an announcement going out on that later today. Keep an eye out. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, like I said, make an HMR contribution. I appreciate it. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash HBAR. And as usual, if you're listening right now on X and you see someone else listening and you don't know them, tap their profile picture, send them a DM, introduce yourself. Um, you got something in common. You've been listening to me talk for an hour and a half. So stay connected, form new connections. And if you see somebody, you know, that you do know that maybe you haven't talked about in a little bit or talked with in a little bit, 
Click their profile picture, send them a DM, ask them what's new. I guarantee they got something new going on. So I'll leave the spaces open for a couple more moments for folks to do that, connect with each other. It's so important to do that. Um, and with that, hello future, goodbye past.